welcome to my monthly podcast titled Becoming a Sage. My name is Jan Freed, but you can call me Dr. Jan. I interview people about wisdom, how to find meaning on a daily basis, a concept I call breadcrumb legacy. I'm also passionate about helping people get from where they are to where they want to be, particularly in the second half of life. I say I'm out to retire the word retirement. We're not retiring from life, but we're moving on to something else. And I believe it takes time and intentional thought to successfully move on to what's next in life. Today, I'm interviewing Rob Walker. Now, Rob is the author of the book, The Art of Noticing. And I was just explaining to Rob, I'm not exactly sure how I discovered his book, but I discovered his book, fell in love with it, and decided I, I hope I can interview him. And he's so kind to have agreed to you know, be interviewed for this podcast. Um, so welcome to the series, Rob. Thanks so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Well, Rob has an extensive background and you can read it on the podcast. It's, it's associated with the link. But, um, you know, he's written for the New York Times. And, and I just wanted to say a few words as to why I really like this book. First of all, it, it really ties in with the work that I'm doing on legacy in terms of paying attention, showing up, you know, the art of noticing. And I love the graphics. I love, and it's, it's a research-based book. I mean, every little, it's kind of like every page, you've got 131 um, you know, tips on noticing, but it's like every tip is like a little blog post, but they almost always include a book that either I've read or I want to read. So, uh-huh. you know, you're talking about Adam Grant and you're, so you integrate many authors that I'm familiar with and then others that I want to be familiar with. So, well, that's enough from me, for me, I want to hear more from Rob. So, um, Rob, why don't you tell us about, you know, how did this book come about? Sure. Um, so, uh, in some ways, you know, you've you've kind of laid out the basic groundwork that uh, I was uh, working on. I, I, it started out as a very different book. It was a book I was thinking about for a long time. That was originally, like, this is the the the, 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 the true story is it was originally sort of meant to be a book that was more about this problem of people being distracted and how you know, to some extent, stuff I don't even need to tell you, but you know, everyone, we all know this, that how technology distracts us. Everyone's trying to, you know, I was characterizing it as a war for your attention Uh and uh, you spend all day fending off other people trying to capture your attention in unsolicited ways. Yes. And I had originally envisioned a book that was, you know, 290 pages on that and then 10 pages on here's what you can do in response, you know, to get, take back your attention. And I realized after spending a year or two not writing a word of that uh, book that I wasn't really interested in spending all that time on the problem. I was really just interested in those last 10 pages. So I flipped it around. And now now there's a brief introduction that, uh, again, I don't think people really need to be told that their attention is under assault at this point. (laughs) And others have written those, those books and explained the problem eloquently and how it came about. Um, and I just wanted to do the 131 or the, as many things as I could think of. Uh, you know, I think of them as my editor doesn't like the word assignment, but I think of them as assignments, like little prompts and games and fun things like that. And uh, as you say, I try to make each one a little mini essay so that it's something you can actually do. But even if you don't actually do it, I'm trying to leave you with a thought that will um 
that will stick with you that um, will change the way you, you know, just shift your thinking a little bit. Right. Uh, well, and it definitely does that. I mean, I was just intrigued and, you know, I'm intrigued by your the quotes that you integrate, the research that you integrate, which um, because my book is, you know, really it's for people, but also leaders. And I see your book as the same. I mean, the topic is so important. It's, it's, you know, people have asked me, well, who's the book, you know, who's the book for that you're right. I say everybody. And I think your book is for everybody. I mean, regardless of what you do or in the industry that you're in, um, noticing is really important. And the other thing that I want to say for, for the, our listeners, so I don't forget to say it, is you've got a great newsletter. I've decided to support it, which is, you know, oh, helpful you. because it's very good. Um, and again, you integrate research and sources and resources. It's, it's wonderful. So, um, well, let's, let's talk about um, pain, you know, um, tell me more about the art of noticing paying attention, showing up. And yeah. 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 Um, well, so one of the most basic, there's a couple ways of thinking about it. And, and um, the book, as you say, it does sort of speak to multiple audiences. I mm -hmm. think like there is a kind of, there is a kind of workplace audience because you mentioned Adam Grant. So that yes. immediately makes me think of the one, like the, the, the exercise that he was associated with was, um, change is to could be, which is yes. uh, inspired by a designer that I know who works on, on does sort of guerrilla street art projects, who, who does a lot of things where he will convert a bike rack into a chair or something like that. So he's uh -huh. looking at what is and imagining what could be, yes. which on some level is just a fun game that uh -huh. like, you know, if you, <laughs> I, I know a lot of parents who use this book to like, just hear, give them ideas for ways to keep their kids engaged. And so that can be a fun game for your kids to play, you know, like let's look around and decide what could be, but that's also a very practical. So second, there's three, there's three levels. There's a, it's just a fun game for kids. Mm -hmm. Second is a very practical uh, message there that that's the essence of uh, entrepreneurship is changing. What is to could be <laughs> right. Yeah, is noticing noticing an, a gap in the marketplace or noticing a problem that needs to be solved, et cetera. So uh -huh. it has that very practical uh, payoff. And then third, uh, it is, and I think you're absolutely right to emphasize this connection that it is just about showing up in like a kind of just a mindfulness. Like that's the essence of mindfulness that yes. people talk so much about uh, meditation and, and things as, as, as quasi mystical terms, but it's really just about being present. Uh -huh. And um, every one of these exercises is designed to fundamentally just make you give you an excuse almost to be present, to shake yeah. up the way to look at the world in a strange way. Mm -hmm. And that's, uh, you know, to do things. Uh, one of the things I say often in the book is like, I I'm trying to get people to pay attention to things that no one else wants them to pay attention to. Mm -hmm. And I teach a little bit. So uh, it's a big message for my students, design school students, that uh, if you want to get anywhere, you have to notice things that other people don't notice. Yes. Uh, if, if all you're paying attention to is the same stuff that everyone else is paying attention to, you'll never break through. Yes. And some version of that same message is true across many professions and also true just in life. Uh, and uh, if you want to have a distinct point of view and be an original person, 
you got to learn to see things that everybody else missed and to care about things that, and uh, that other people didn't and figure out, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but figure out, you know, why other people need to pay attention to those things, how you can convince them. Like noticing is off on a first step in a process, but it also is an endpoint in that it does make you present. And being present is, as you know, it's not just good for business. It's also just a better way to live. It is a better way to live. And I think as I'm reading your book, um, you know, I, I kind of would integrate listening, you know, so oh, it's present there, yeah. and leaders and people need to be better listeners. Yeah. Um, and I think so it really brings that to your attention. I was also thinking, you know, photography is my hobby. I don't do it as much as I used to. But I remember learning years ago that someone said, you know, what's interesting is to is to photograph what most people wouldn't see. You know, whether mm-hmm. like mainly I, I'm really intrigued by street photography. And so what is it about that scene that you find interesting that you would want to look at? And so I often tend to look at life as um, or look at scenes as postcards. Would I buy that on a postcard? Why would I buy that on a postcard? I don't know. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. 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 So no, thinking like a learning to think like a photographer, I mean, clearly that's what photographers are, are gifted photographers are so good at is seeing something that, you know, you and I just walked down the street and didn't see anything notable, right? but they found something in the environment that they found was worth extracting into this image. Yes. And uh, a recurring theme of mine is that if you find that a little intimidating, the idea of taking up photography just spend a day being an imaginary photographer. Like just think about what you would take a picture of because it doesn't matter. People get a little too caught up in, uh, I, I try to demystify things as much as possible. People get, yes. people get too caught up in like, well, do I have to start an Instagram account and start worrying about followers? No, 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 no. Just, 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 just adopt that mindset and try to have fun with it. Yeah. Well, and it may lead to taking, you know, yes. it's, it's, I'm not saying don't take pictures, but no. No. <laughs> don't be intimidated. Tell me, I mean, I know you've done several interviews. Um, tell me how the book has changed your life or what you've learned about this concept since writing the book. Well, I mean, I you never know when you write a book how it's going to land and who it's going to resonate with. And I guess that I've been... When I wrote it, I wasn't particularly thinking about the kind of business audience that much. I was thinking more about um, the individual audience and kind of the student almost because I because the, a lot of the book was affected by 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 teaching. Mm-hmm. And um, it was kind of a process of learning on the go when the book came out to hear from people who were interested in that business application and and both ways people were interested in it as like oh what an opportunity and then some people were I I guess I was surprised to find that there seemed to be an audience that was frustrated that there wasn't more thinking like this going on in the business community you know Mm -hmm. that attention. And right now, as you know, from the newsletter, I've been focusing a lot on curiosity, which is kind of adjacent to all this. And And again, that's part of my book. I mean, I think 
curiosity is one of my favorite. I think yeah. that's so important. Talk, yeah. Share some of your wisdom on curiosity. Well, what I was going to say is that um, uh, I have been surprised to learn that there's, there's good uh, work out there about the payoffs of curiosity in business, both as a sort of an entrepreneurial trait that led to, you know, one of the examples I use is the guy who I can't, I'm not going to remember his name right now, but the guy who invented Velcro that was inspired by him getting burrs on his, his, the cuffs of his pants and getting curious about like, well, how do these burrs, why are they so effective at sticking together and what's the end, you know, and mm -hmm. sort of extrapolating from there. Um, and that's, and there's kind of a, there, there's a, there's a weird, it turns out, split thing going on where on the one hand, everyone seems to acknowledge no one's against curiosity, right? But most, but polling and this research indicates that a lot of mainline workers don't feel that it's actually encouraged and don't feel that there are payoffs in a structural sense in the, so, and there's, I'm, I'm curious as it were about that. And my first reaction is, well, what difference does it make whether you're being encouraged to be curious, just be curious and it'll work out. <laughs> um, so I, and I do sort of believe that, but I'm also very interested in, well, how do we talk about this in a way that makes it more recognizably valuable to management? And how does management talk about it in ways that makes their value, their valuing of this trait more visible than it apparently is? Right. So or it's sort of about just having conversations about it. And, right. Um, or even how do they reward, cur you know, being curious. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that would be a, a, a like how uh, clearly they feel like they're encouraging it, but it doesn't seem like that. It seems like in many cases that's not happening. Yeah. Yeah. If you were going to write, um, I mean, I was curious why 131, why not? Like, why not? <laughs> or, I mean, you could probably go on, or you could have another, you know, you could have part two, you know. Um, if you were going to revise the book or add to it, you know, what thoughts have you had since the book? Well, that's what the newsletter is. So, so, so okay. the two part answer is it's 131 because, at, you know, I wrote a bunch of these, yeah. many more than 131. And uh, we were deciding, my editor and I, what do we want to do? 101, 199. And I thought it would be interesting to come up with like, I just, my only, my ultimately thinking was let's make it a prime number. Mm -hmm. But other than that, you know, so I think we had 150 or 160 or maybe more. And, you know, we called them down and decided sure. which one, there were some that she was like, that's stupid. Don't use that one. So we took those out and we ended up with this number. And then, um, but there were still some that was like, oh, I kind of, I kind of like that one. I wish we could have used it. And that's what the newsletter started out as was um, here's some ideas or, you know, obviously, as you know, once you, once you get to the point where like you've turned in the man, the manuscript, then you think of something new. Right. And the newsletter became an outlet for that. And the right. newsletter took on a life of its own. Yeah. Um, well, the newsletter, I, uh, the newsletter is very good. And I just, uh, you know, so much to read, so much to learn. And I love it. And uh, is your website, who published your book again, Rob? I've got it at home. Knopf. Okay. Very good. And is the website, the art of practicing or the art of noticing? 
rob.com or what is the website exactly? Uh, well, my website is robwalker.net and okay. the art of noticing is at robwalker.substack.com. That's right. That's right. Okay. Very good. But they could, there's also a link to it from robwalker.net. Um, if you go to robwalker.net, there's a, it's very obvious. Here's the stuff about the book and the yeah. newsletter link is very yeah. prominent. There, so. Well, it's just, in my opinion, it, it just, this book and your concepts and your newsletter, it just applies to everyone. So, um, well, I always like to ask um, people I'm interviewing, what else should my listeners know that I did not ask? What other words of wisdom do you want to share <laughs> about this topic? Or, you know, again, um, you've been interviewed by a lot of people. So what, what have I not asked that you really think, again, this, my focus is on wisdom and my focus is on what I call breadcrumb legacy, leaving, you know, crumbs along the way. And I think every time we notice something, um, that could be a crumb. Yeah. No, I don't have anything to suggest in terms of things you should have asked. I can say, I can maybe add one thing that might be of interest about the book, because I've said, just to follow up on having said that I set it up as a bunch of assignments, they're kind of organized. There's a, they're, they're organized on two, in two ways. One is that there's an arc of starting with seeing and then moving into the other senses and then place and finally becoming more interior. So there's kind of a, an arc to it. But they're also, I, I also rank them by easy to difficult. <laughs> Each one has on a scale of one to four. And so some of them are designed to be super easy, to be almost like gateway drug things. One is that I like to use is just look out a window, mm-hmm. which sounds sort of dumb, but, you know, just pick a window that you walk past all the time and spend five minutes. And I make students do this and spend five minutes looking out that window and notice everything that you've never noticed before mm-hmm. and think about that and think about what that implies about how much you are missing all the time. Mm-hmm. I like making that point. So I, it's not a question you should have asked, but, and then there are one, and then they get increasingly complicated. So there are yeah. things that are, you know, spend the day just in one place looking at things. And so that gets, some of them are kind of almost more thought exercises because they're so impractical, but many of them are designed to be extremely easy to show that this is stuff you can, you can integrate this into your life. Yeah. And it, and it is meant to be a very easy alternative to just going back to your phone and seeing what's on Instagram right now. Right. Well, and I also think, you know, it can be used with children, grandchildren. Oh yeah. I mean, they, um, and just today, I will tell you, I, I'm kind of a big walker and I was out walking and this is a street that's near my home um, that I've taken many, many, many times. And I saw a house on this street, a big house, a very, very nice house that I've never noticed before. So again, you know, um, I think, I think this book has definitely made a difference. Well, I love, so I get so many little stories like that, that I think, but I think they're important that if, and if I can have just that effect on it, like if, if you could just have one thing that like, Oh, I never noticed that before. Mm-hmm. And then thinking about why you're happy that you did notice it now, yeah. <laughs> no, how it I will think, change your perception going forward yeah. in maybe incremental ways, but you never know how those it's incremental things that make the difference. Well, and that's the thing. I think the, the small things can make the big difference. And yeah. so I really like what you're on to. Well, my focus in this series to help people make the rest of life, the best of life. And I think, you know, the art of noticing can make all of our lives better. So thanks. Thank you very much, Rob, for making the time. Oh, you bet. I appreciate it.